You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Visit bpn.fm to discover more. The Ensemblist is brought to you in part by our Patreon members, including Cheryl Hodges-Selden, Linda Lee, Christian Ranke, Rebecca Russell, Joey Soji, Phoebe Stewart, and Ty Williams. You can join them in supporting The Ensemblist for as little as $5 a month. Find out how at patreon.com slash theensemblist. You're listening to The Ensemblist, the only podcast that shows you Broadway from the inside out. I'm Mo Brady. Last weekend, I had the opportunity to moderate a panel at the 2020 Theater Makers Summit about the art of the pivot. In it, I spoke to four titans of the American musical theater about their love for the performing arts, how that love was satisfied as an actor, and how they've pivoted that love into a different mode of creation. Please enjoy a portion of that conversation with guests Asmaret geber mckell Stephanie Clemens, Steve Rosen, and Luis Salgado. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, overprohibited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChumbaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChumbaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, everybody. Welcome. This is a fan fantastic group of artists to talk to you are all such inspirations 
of course, for your work on stage, but also for plowing your way through the entertainment industry as people who do more than one thing. I'd like to go around and on my screen, it's Esmeret, Louise, Steve, Steph. I'd love to know one thing about theater as an art form that you fell in love with in the first place. So when you take yourself back to like kid version of yourself, high school or college person, what was the thing that you loved about theater that made you identify as a theater person? I think what I, I think the, the, the one thing about theater that I love to this day as well is the, the aspect, the, the live aspect of it. I'm sure all of us have done other, you know, other mediums, TV, film and stuff which is exciting and, and wonderful in its own ways. But there's something about live theater for me that I really enjoy. I, maybe because I've done a lot of comedy and, and you, you you really rely on that reaction and that energy from the audience. But, I, but no matter what genre, there's just something so magical about experiencing something for the first time with the people who've come to see you do the show, you know, and the people that you're sharing the stage with. It's like, you you kind of know what you're gonna do every day, but it's it's never the same way twice. The, yeah, I, I will jump in and saying the freedom to be, and then there's a big sort of like line, right? The freedom to be weird, the freedom to be magical, the freedom to be powerful. Like there's so many things I discovered just jumping into the arts that I felt was giving me freedom that I didn't find necessarily around my family members in the same way. So that, that was an outlet. And then the necessity to study, like everything that have ever been thrown at me, I have had to study. And so every single project, I ha I become better at something because I didn't know that something before. So those are the two magical things for me. I think aside from just the attention, um, which is sort of what drew me in in the first place as a kid, because uh, I was like the youngest kid in my family, and I was always sort of looking for ways to to get eyes back on back on me. Um, I, I the thing that has always driven me in that I, I first loved about theater most, I think, in retrospect, is the collaborative nature of it, that art is such a collaborative nature, and that so many different elements and personalities come into making something. And especially since I didn't have a lot of uh, the, the school that I, you know, the school system that I grew up in, the public school system didn't have a huge arts program. And so in these other peripheral programs that I would go into, I found sort of like my community. So I think that the fact that I could collaborate with other people who were into the same thing that I was into, that was my first draw in the theater. Every single time I walk into a theater as an audience member and it's half hour before the show is going to begin and the people are talking, but you just hear as you're getting closer to the orchestra pit, just like the sound of like a single violin warming up and someone doing piano trills or you know, someone on the guitar playing licks. There's something about hearing a band warm up in a theater and hearing the sound of the instruments that make music of musical theater. It gets me every time. And if it's been some time since I haven't been to theater, like I know when we come back, the first time I walk into a theater, I'm going to hear an instrument. I'm just, it's just going to make me cry. It's going to pour water out of my face. To me, just like the first thing, the first time I saw a musical, I remember that feeling. I remember that sound and it strikes me every time. I'd love to hear a specific story from your careers as performers where you felt like that element that you first fell in love with was like encapsulized. Yeah. I mean, it also goes hand in hand with this, the question that people ask all the time of like, you know, any bloopers that happen while you're on stage doing dream girls in London. Was, and it was at the very end of the, the rap where she's where I sing, um, uh, I, oh baby, I got a show to do. 
So I, Casey Nicola, who directed and choreographed the show, was in the audience that night. And he had given me a note the last time he was in, in town. And I was like, really? Like, one of my things that I overcorrect notes. I had gotten a note <laughs> about the way I exited this little scene. And it's like, it's a super powerful moment. It's like my, like, I, it was my favorite moment in the show. Because I just got to sing really high and, like, tell my boyfriend, my married boyfriend off. And, like, tip off stage. Went to sing the note. And I thought of the note that Casey had given me. And as I'm finishing the word do, I've started to step back and the heel of one shoe got caught in the back of the other shoe. And as I was singing do, I fell on the ground. The audience gasped. I was sitting on the floor and I eyed the, like, the closest wing. And so I proceeded to like dance competition, roll my way off the stage. And the audience was dead silent for like five seconds and then just erupted in applause. Oh my God. <laughs> and so then when I came back out for the curtain call, I like pretended to trip, you know, like very like musical comedy bit. And they, the audience was, was hysterically laughing, but I felt very much present in a live theater setting then. Well, I think it goes with the thing that connected me to, to loving theater as well. Right. So like, I, I have to explain that I grew up in Puerto Rico, of course. And like, I started doing theater in public school, right? So like for me, the theater was a community center. And for me, the dance room was outdoors, right? My, my pants, my green pants were always dirty well, after trying to do the split, right? So like, that's what freedom was to be able to do that in the middle of the school. And, and, and like, I was doing something magical, like to be weird and, and magical at the same time and, and be able to do it. So when you ask that story, it's doing in the Heights because it, it paid the entire journey Right, and all of a sudden, the very same dance steps that I was doing in that public school were the dance steps that I was teaching our company, doing plena and doing folklore and doing salsa, right? And so it just went into the full circle of this is my freedom. I don't have to pretend to be anything right now. I can just be that little kid that was dancing in fifth grade outdoors and pass that as a thing that we have to portray. And so I felt again, freedom in my very first Broadway show. This panel and the things that we're talking about, my story also sort of involves Asmaret. So while we were doing Spam a lot, I was so excited because, you know, like I, again, I have got terrible attention deficit disorder um, that I have used to my advantage as an adult. Um, but while we were doing that show, I started longing for the, the idea of like, doing stuff with other people in different shows. And the only things that they really had for people in different shows to do together, to collaborate on, were uh, a softball league and a bowling league, which is like competitive sports, which is like, this is not why, like all of us, we have one thing in common is that we're bad at those two things. <laughs> um, and so while we were in Spamalot, um, uh, David Rossmer and Sarah Salzberg and Dan Lipton and I sort of collaborated on this idea idea to go to Joe's pub late at night and do uh, an improv sketch variety show with people from like every show on Broadway that we would just sort of like invite and hope they would come and do and like play with us doing sketches and games and really very silly things. But we, we asked sort of like some very close friends and funny people, including Asmarat, if they would be willing to jump in and try this thing that could absolutely fail and could you could wind up looking very stupid but we would promise like if anyone's going to look stupid it's going to be us um and when people like her and and um the phenomenal casts that we wound up getting over the now 
12, 13 years since that show has existed. The very first performance of that, when we were on stage trying something new and there was an audience of people that we didn't know who were out there laughing at it, that was the first moment where I was like, oh, okay, this is like all the stuff that I love in one place. It's my friends, we're making stuff up, we're doing it in front of people, there's no net. And I was like, I wanna find a way to like do this all the time. All but one Broadway show that I was in, I was like a swing. And so most of my experience of being on the Broadway stage is being like 50% excited and 50% ready to poop in a diaper that I'm not wearing. And so I think that um, part of my love of performing has become this really awesome segue, Steve, this really scary thing that happens when you're like, I could totally fail and everyone that I love on this stage could be like, we can't count on you or it could be amazing. And the thing is, is like you do both every time you're on stage as a swing, like you fail at some things and some things you're like, holy, I nailed it. I don't know what our cursing level is in this. There was one time in Hamilton, we had like a whole series of call outs and Ephraim Sykes track in the show was empty for the second act. And as the dance captain, I like thought through the moments that we could get through. And then like the moments where we're like, this is actually going to, this is going to be a showstopper if we don't have the person here. And rumor it happens was one number where we're like, we can't live without him. And so very quickly upon doing the math during the first and second numbers of the show, I was like, I'm going to have to jump in. And so I put my hair in a bun and I took, uh, you know, put just like the outfit that looked the most like the men's outfit. And I went on stage during what happens. And I did Ephraim's part. And, you know, I'm the associate choreographer. So it's not like I don't know what the men do, but I don't do that thing often. And so it just was a moment of like when they talk about flow as an artist, like when you're in flow and it's like as you need the answers, the ground appears in front of you and you're walking and there is the ground. And the number started and I was like so scared. And then as it was beginning, I was like, oh my gosh, like this is going excellent and I've got this. And it just was so magical and the cast was so beautiful. And you know, at the very end of the number, we all make a big square and you're like, boom, 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 the art of the compromise. And I looked around me and it was like all this, you know, cause everyone on the surround is just like, they're not doing their correct. They're just like looking <laughs> over the edge of the number. Like, what's gonna happen? Like the end of the number, they know I made it, they can get it. And I saw all of their eyes and they just were like beaming, not looking at Burr, but looking and I was like, ah. Oh. This is what it's all about. Like, Stephanie, your hard work paid off. You did it. You showed up in something that you didn't even know that you were going to have to show up in. You didn't just do it. You had the intervention. You had the cast. Everybody showed up together. And to me, that was like, I mean, this is it. This is it. Like, I've done it. I did that. I did it all. It sounds like your love for your other, you know, your parallel career, your multi-hyphenate hat, whatever you want to call it, has always been there, right? Has always been baked in as Marit, the, the comedy. Louise, you're talking about, you know, dancing at, at school and those moves being put into In the Heights. In an industry where you are told no so, so much, especially as a young artist, how do you stay positive? Keep your drive alive stay inspired. A no is something that a lot of the times it might be no, not this job, but it doesn't mean no forever. No, you can't do anything. That's a no is not final. A no is just not this, you know, and the more people, I and mean, I'm going to come back to the collaboration thing, the more people you meet along the way and the more things you try, even if it's like, I am building sets. I never wanted to build a set, but they needed someone to do it. So I said, yes, you never know where that experience will take you and who you're going to meet there that might be influential on the thing that you actually want to be doing one day. So the, we stand in our own ways by saying, I'm not this, I can't do this. They said, no, so I'm not. 
keep going, keep making. That's what I would say. It's very, it's very much what uh, what Steve was saying too. It's the, this idea of collaboration, and I, I mean, like, even as even as the yeses increase, so do the noes. I mean, it's like it never that will never change. There will always be noes. I think it's a combination of what Luis and Steve both said. It's like a like standing in your truth and 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 being confident in your in your art and your love for what you're doing and and just creating. I mean. Before all of these opportunities came my way in in June or whenever, I was just writing every day for no like for no end goal for, you know, there was no objective other than to just create and to just express. And between that and collaborating with people and having conversations like this, I mean, it just also puts things in, in perspective. You know, I've done probably 75 million self tapes since we've locked out. And, you know, I have, I haven't heard much of anything, you know, and that too can get really draining and you're like, Oh my God, you know, I'll never work again. And it's just, it's, it's really not about that. I think it's just like using this time to nurture your artists and, and to, to stay grounded in that. The number of no's doesn't affect the confident person's you know, sort of sense of self, neither does the number of yeses. It's kind of like the amount that it affects you is like 10%. It's 90% what you bring to the table because there are people who have not done much on their resumes and their confidence is so through the roof that you just are like, I want what you're on. Like, I want to have that, right? <laughs> and then you have people whose resumes are just insane. And every time they go in for a job, they're like, I just know I'm not going to get it. I just know it's not going to happen. And, you know, like, so it, it really like, it doesn't matter the number of no's and the number of yeses. Like if you want to create and your voice is like we said, you have something truthful to say, it's worthy of being told. So just say it. it doesn't matter. However many no's come out, find a group of people who will listen and say it to them, you know? Special thanks to Asmaret Geber mckell Stephanie Clemens, Steve Rosen, and Luis Salgado as well as Ken Davenport, Mary Dina, and the team at Theater Makers Summit 2020 for allowing us to share a portion of the conversation with you. To hear this full panel, as well as dozens of others, you can still gain access to the summit at thetheatermakersstudio.com. The Ensemblist was produced today by Jackson Klein and me, Mo Brady. There are two great ways you can be helping The Ensemblist right now. One is by leaving us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. And the second is by becoming a Patreon member, which you can do at patreon.com slash The Ensemblist. Please follow The Ensemblist wherever you listen to podcasts. On Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or at bpn.fm, the home of Broadway Podcast Network. You can also follow us on Instagram. Thanks for listening. Until next time. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise. 
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.